Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope that you find this episode useful. If you're new to this podcast, each week I share fluff-free, actionable ideas tailored to education businesses that you can mould to suit your needs. And finally, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review on iTunes or follow and subscribe on whichever platform you choose. Thank you once again for tuning in. Welcome to part two of my three-part series on analysing why you're not attracting as many clients as you'd like. And today's all about promoting your offer in a way that attracts paid clients. Here are three things I'm going to cover. Number one, how to package your offer in a way that appeals to your target audience. Number two, how to communicate your offer in a way that resonates with potential clients. And number three, copywriting tips that make people read and engage with your promotional content. Last week, I dived into ways to make sure that your idea is sellable by making sure it's aligned with what your clients know they need. And I shared four steps to make your idea more robust. If you tried any of them out, please do let me know in the reviews. I'd love to hear about your experiences. Now, before I talk about packaging your offer, let's make sure we set a strong foundation. To be able to sell to an audience, they have to already be engaged. Let's imagine that you're selling mobile phones. You walk into a room of people that you've never really met and, well, maybe you've seen some of them around, but you've never really spoken to any of them. Would you go up to them and say, hi, I'm selling mobile phones. Would you like to buy some? Chances are you'd feel quite uncomfortable doing that. And chances are they wouldn't buy from you because they don't know who you are. They don't know if your phones are any good and they don't know if you even know anything about mobile phones. So there's no trust. There's no warmth. There's no relationship. So building that engaged audience is really important if you want to sell to them. If you rarely post on social media, but suddenly try selling your offer, it's like going up to strangers to sell that mobile phone. If you've never had any conversations with people through, let's say, comments, or if you've never really shown them who you are and how good you are at what you do, they're unlikely to warm to you when you're trying to sell. So you need to have conversations, you need to show how good what you're selling is, and you need to show them that you know what you're talking about. And this is where ongoing marketing comes in. When you're trying to sell a specific service or product, you're advertising. You're essentially saying to people, here's an exciting thing I'm selling, come and buy it. But that's different from marketing. Marketing is the way you build that engaged audience and form relationships with them, even when you're not looking to sell anything. I've heard some people say, oh, I don't market myself because I'm fully booked. I've got a waiting list or I don't need to market because I get clients through word of mouth. But here's the thing. COVID taught us that anything can happen at any time. And sure, the chances of another pandemic might be slim, but how about a recession or even seasonal shifts in the market? Let's say you stopped being fully booked for whatever reason. If you've never marketed yourself, then it might take longer to reach full capacity again. And with word of mouth, well, that's not something you can control. It could stop or it could reduce. Again, if you haven't been marketing yourself, will strangers know who you are? 
will they have had the time to build trust? So if you're in a position where you're not attracting as many clients as you want, think about upping your marketing game. It doesn't have to be time consuming or something you do every day, but doing it consistently is important. Social media is great for this. It's free and it's designed for relationship building. If you want some help with that, go back to episode one, where I deep dive into attracting clients through social media without paid ads. Now, let's focus on your specific offer. If you haven't already, press pause and just focus on one thing you're offering or are about to launch and zoom in on that as you listen to this episode. When it comes to packaging your offer, it needs to be appealing to your target audience. Let's imagine you're in a restaurant and you see sweet grated carrots with frosting on the dessert menu. Would you be inclined to order it? Probably not. But if you saw carrot cake, and if you don't like carrot cake, let's just imagine you do for a moment, you'd be more likely to order it. It has grated carrots and frosting in it, but it's being presented in a much more appetizing way. So think about how you're presenting your offer. Let's start with the name. Firstly, does it reflect what you're actually offering? We often get hung up on coming up with a snazzy name, but it needs to be functional first. Secondly, does it sound appealing to your target audience? For instance, when I present my group class for my tuition business, I don't just say group class. I call it small group class because I know that that one word small will make it more attractive to my clients. And the name isn't particularly clever, but it does what it says on the tin. Also, think about what additional details you're sharing and select highlights that you know matter to your audience. Sticking with my group class example, I could talk about the logistics in my marketing so that people are informed. But really, I know they're only going to be concerned with that once they're actually interested in my offer. So instead, I share things like the topics I cover or how I teach and so on. Because at that stage of the journey, where they're just coming across my offer, I need them to be interested before they actually consider enrolling. This concept of a customer journey is really important, and I'll be talking more about it next week in part three of this series. So think about how you're presenting your offer and make sure it's in a way that will appeal to your target customer. In short, don't focus on what you want them to know and focus on what they want to know. Now moving on to communicating your offer in a way that resonates with your clients. You need to create two main things, desire and urgency. You need to communicate in a way that makes people realize that they don't just want what you're offering, they need it. And there needs to be a sense of urgency. Otherwise, once that feeling of needing what you're offering dies down, and it will, they'll be less likely to take action. When it comes to creating desire, a great way is to create a buzz around what you offer. So this could come in the form of telling people about your offer before it has been launched or before people can access it. If it's a product or service that you offer all year round or something you've been offering for a while, you could still create a buzz by dedicating a couple of weeks to just talking about the kinds of things you've been doing and the benefits and results it has realized for your clients. You can still provide calls to action for people to take the next step, but your focus is on creating desire through showing how effective what you're offering is. When it comes to creating urgency, the process is quite easy. 
Provide deadlines for people to take action and keep that runway, so to speak, short. Because people are busy. They might be scrolling through social media while they're relaxing in the evening and they could come across your offer and be really interested. But if they've got a month to sign up, they'll probably think, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. But tomorrow they might get busy and completely forget. However, if they know that they only have four days to sign up, they'll probably sign up there and then or set a reminder so that they remember to look at it the following day. So here's how it all comes together. Let's say you want someone to sign up for a service. Regardless of whether or not it's a new service, you could set a date to start your two-week campaign, that marketing campaign where you're creating that urgency. It doesn't have to be two weeks, but I'll stick to that for this example. Let's say that two-week period starts in about three months' time. Spend the three months publishing content to create that engaged audience. So you're not talking about your offer yet. You're just giving them the chance to get to know you, to understand what you do and how you do it, and to see how good you are at what you do. Prompt people to write comments by asking them a thought-provoking question that's related perhaps to your offer. Write comments on other people's content. Start forming those relationships. So let's say you've been doing that for three months. You've now warmed up your audience to start that two-week campaign. The two weeks starts with you creating a buzz around what you're selling. You make announcements, you go live, you share highlights, and you just get people excited. And then you give them that deadline to sign up. You create desire and urgency. Now, to make all this fantastic content work, you need to use your writing and language skills. The key thing to consider is how are these potential clients consuming content on whichever medium you're using? So, on a podcast, we listen. On social media, we scroll and scan. On email, we make an intentional choice to open that email and then we perhaps scan. For a blog post, we scan as well, but maybe in a slightly different way. So how people consume content matters. But going even deeper than that, think of the mindset or situation they might be in. So I know that people listen to a podcast but they're probably listening while they're doing something else. So I know that I need to make my content easy to listen to and easy to digest. On social media, I know that people scroll and scan, but I also know that they scan quite fast. So that means I need to keep reminding people of my core messages. I can't just say it once and expect people to remember. So try and really get yourself in the shoes of people who are consuming your content. And as I mentioned in episode one, which is all about social media marketing, the best way to understand any marketing platform is to be a consumer or a user yourself. When you're zoomed into how people consume content, you can let your language and your writing be influenced by that. I'll split this part into two halves. The first half will be general writing tips, and the second half will help you with ideas of what to actually write. So when you're writing content, Using direct address is really effective. This means pretending that you're actually speaking to someone and addressing them with words like you. It forms a stronger connection. Think about it like this. Imagine your friend asked you for a recommendation of where to go on holiday that's going to be pet friendly so they can take their dog. If you said, 
Well, some people like to go to the countryside where there's more space for dogs and it's always advised to contact the accommodation beforehand to check. Do you hear how impersonal that sounded? Now compare it to this. Why don't you check out places in the countryside so that your dog has space to run around? Oh, but don't forget to call the people beforehand to make sure you're allowed. That was so much more personal. And in fact, even though I might give that same answer to multiple people, it sounded like I had really tailored that answer just for that person. They feel seen and heard, and that's what you want your potential clients to feel. So using direct address is a great way of doing this, but so is actually writing in the way that you speak. Remember, this is not an academic essay. This isn't a white paper. This is just you speaking to your audience. So use contractions. Instead of saying, this is not, you could say, this isn't. And because people tend to consume content quickly or while they're doing something else, avoid overcomplicating things. So examples of this could be avoiding long and complicated words. It could be breaking written content up into smaller paragraphs. Some paragraphs might even have one line or one word. And the third thing I'll share about language is to think about how your content is actually presented to people. If you're thinking about social media, people only see the first few lines. They have to make the effort to see more, so grab them in the first few lines. If you share links with people that display a little thumbnail or a preview, tailor that thumbnail and preview to make people want to click on your link. Now, the second half of what I said I'd talk about is getting ideas of what to actually write when you're trying to promote an offer. To keep this simple, I'll give you five ideas that you can use or adapt. Number one, show transformations. Show the before and after that either past clients have experienced or show people what transformation they will experience if they invest in your offer. Number two, focus on benefits instead of features. So instead of telling people about the 15 videos they'll have access to, tell them about how they will feel when they work with you. Number three, show off your personality. Now, I'm not saying that you have to get really personal, but just little things in your language, stories you tell, pictures you share, will give people a flavor of who you are. And this is important because regardless of whether you're offering a service or product, unless you're a brand that people instantly recognize, Clients are buying from you, and to do that, they need to warm to you. Number four is to share social proof. Now, usually that means testimonials, but you can also share snippets of your offer in action. That way, you don't have to tell people how good it is because you're showing them. And number five, tackle potential objections. So think about why someone might be hesitant to buy your offer and address that in a positive way. So don't berate them for being hesitant, but find ways to turn it around so that they feel more confident or they read your content and think, oh, that's a good point. So here's a quick summary of things you can do to promote your offer in a way that attracts paid clients. Number one is to create an engaged audience. Don't just post on social media, participate. Don't just send out email sequences. Prompt people to reply. Reach out to people and have conversations. Comment on their content. Number two is to package and present your offer in a way that's appealing to your target audience. Think about what stage of the journey they're at and what they want to know. Number three is 
Think about how people will consume your promotional content on different platforms and use that to steer what you say, how you say it and how you present it. And finally, number four, use language intentionally so that people feel like you're speaking directly to them. And if you're struggling with what to write when you're promoting an offer, you can re-listen to the five ideas I just shared. Next week, I'm sharing part three of this series, and it will focus on converting browsers to buyers. In the meantime, let me know if you try any of these tips. And if you found this useful, please do take a moment to leave a review. 